Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of the Uneducated Rugby Podcast with me, Karen Harris. Lucy Jones is here with me. Aled Davis will be joining in a little bit. Lucy, it's been a great start to the United Rugby Championship. Um, some great games and none more competitive really than the Dragons game against the Ospreys. Yeah, it was a great first weekend for the tournament, I think. Um, and it was quite exciting then to have a Welsh derby first weekend, um, the only game on Sunday. And it was it was a decent match as well. Yeah, it was decent. Um, you know, the Dragons looked pretty commanding in the first half and I think the Ospreys just weren't playing to their standards. I thought Sam Davis and Josh Lewis marshalled the game superbly from, from 10 and full-back. Um, and then the Ospreys sort of came back into it and, you know, showed showed their class in parts, you know, the, the try for Luke Morgan especially. Yeah, I think during the first, step, the first half, they were still warming up in a way. And I think once... They were behind and they knew they had to catch up. I was never in doubt that they would catch up. I thought, yeah, they'd be fine in the second half. They'd still win. Um, I think that shows how strong the team is for the coming season. I think they've got a really good chance of doing well. Yeah, I thought the standard of players that the Ospreys could bring off the bench was was quite good, considering how many players they've got out. You know, They bring on Adam Beard. Um they bring on the likes of uh, Elvis Tyone, who, you know, I will say didn't have his best game, but who bought two of the biggest dummies I've ever seen, but did have, did you know, he, he has got that experience having played at Exeter, etc. Tian Thomas Wheeler with that lovely half break and offload on the inside for Anscombe. Um, as a whole, as an Ospreys fan, I thought there were there were good points, you know, the the. But the most important thing has to be Gareth Anscombe coming through the game unscathed. Really, you know, I know he went off hobbling and with an ice pack on his on his calf. But you know, I'd have taken I'd have taken a loss in Anscombe staying fit rather than any injury to Anscombe. To be honest, this season, I think he's that crucial to both the Ospreys and Wales's fortune. So the fact he can come through and kicked all his kicks, pretty solid performance in defence and in attack. What did you make of him? But, well, yeah, especially after Friday night, I'm sure we'll get to with yeah. John Evans and Reese Priestland. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, he stayed okay. And he played for quite a long time as well. I thought maybe he'd come off maybe 10 minutes into the second half. Yeah. But he was part of um, how Osprey's built in the second half, which is good to see. Um, like you said, yeah, he had a solid performance. Um, and he's going to be crucial. And he was such a big signing for the Ospreys two years ago. Yeah. So it's nice, finally, he's showing and he's getting involved in that team. Well, I, I still remember that promo video we did, wasn't it? Something to do with him going into a blood transfusion or something, wasn't it? And the blue blood was being pumped out of him and the black blood was being pumped in. It was some sort of, you know, reference to Osprey's blood when it's black. Oh, it was um, corny beyond belief, to say the least. Um, <laughs> but yeah, cracking performance from the Ospreys in the second half. Uh, some nice tries, like I mentioned, the Luke Morgan. Um, Dragons, did you think they'll, they'll look at that as a missed opportunity up against an Osprey side that would have been rusty, missing a couple of star players, you know, the likes of George North, Alan jones Tipperick. I know Tipperick and uh, George North are going to be out for a while, but there's still star players that are out. 
Do you think that's a missed opportunity for them? Um, yeah, they'll look back at that game and think, yeah, we should have won that, especially with the lead going into halftime. Um, but I think individuals, how they performed, I think that's going to be a good thing for Dragons. I think someone like Josh Lewis, especially in the first half, he had a crack in half. I think that's going to help his confidence. Um, I think partnerships were um, forming and there were new players in that team. So it's not going to click first game. Um, but yeah, I think they will see it as a missed opportunity. But a derby's always close anyway. Um, and well, well, they are playing Leinster next week. <laughs> but looking to, to the future, I think they'll come across teams then they'll know I think we we can beat these this team. Yeah. Teams maybe two years ago they'd never even thought think of that. So um they're definitely in a good place. Um because they've always been the weakest Welsh region but I don't think I think they are still the weakest Welsh region but not by much anymore. No, I agree. They've definitely shown signs of improving although this scrum was a lot better. I thought Mm. They, they... And you've got Elliot G and Leon Brown to come into that as well. Exactly. Um, so that shows a bit more strength and depth. I would say second rows still worry me a little bit um, in the strength and depth department, although that partnership of Ben Carter and Will Rowlands looks like a really good one going forward. Um, oh, it it's just I don't know who's behind those two because the likelihood is they're both going off with Wales. Um, but that's, that's a common theme yeah. basically within other Welsh regions. So. Definitely. Um, another star man for the Ospreys, a man of the match, Michael Collins. You know, ex, ex-Scarlet, obviously, played in the centres, moved to full-back after Dan Evans went off, scored two tries. I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. The lines he cut were... Reminded me of Hadley Parks, actually, that, that out-to-win line close to the try yeah. line. Um, I thought that was brilliant to see. He's eligible to play for Wales as well. I think that's yeah. quite an important thing. He's 28. Yeah. He, uh, especially centres, I feel like they can keep going for a while. So he's still got a fair few years in him. And working alongside a lot of Washington nationals within the Osprey side, you never know really with just injuries. Yeah, especially with George North, our you know, first choice 13 at the moment out. It could be interesting if he can slot in there. Um the other thing I did want to talk about a little bit with the Ospreys is I'm interested to see how that halfback partnership goes. You know, you mentioned Anscombe and how he had a great game. Webb, I thought, was was okay, was solid. Now, there's part yeah. of me that is thinking, would Gareth Anscombe be better Was it if it was Ruben Morgan-Williams starting at scrum half? Just because the pace of ball might be slightly quicker, Um yeah. Ospreys wouldn't revolve around working off nine as much. The one benefit I think they do have is that I did see they played a lot of uh, out-the-back work with forwards such as Bradley Davis, uh, Thomas Francis, I think a couple of times passed it out the back. And having that continuity with playing off Webb and then playing out the back is, is vital. But maybe Anscombe might yeah. benefit from having Morgan Williams a bit more. I don't know. We'll have to see. We've all heard the PVAC comments yeah. recently about Webb maybe not being the quickest, so it'd be interesting on that one. Well, he isn't, no. really. Yeah. 
Um, and he's he's getting older. Um, but obviously he's yeah he's he is a dominant figure for the Ospreys. Um, he's been injured quite often recently, so it's good to see him back. But yeah, he's I don't think he's as polished as he was before. Um, before his injury, so hopefully we can see him develop again. But he's yeah, it's going to take time to build, and maybe youngsters then are there. I don't know. Yeah, I, just in terms of the partnership, I don't know if, uh, if if Webb is the right man for Anscombe. Mm. But then again, with Anscombe coming back from injury, having Webb there, that experienced head, might benefit Anscombe and free him up. You know, having that ability to just say, "Right, Webb, you control the game, and I'll just run," and that that might that might really benefit. Um, let's yeah. move on from the Ospreys. Let's move to the Scarlets. Um, <laughs> it it was. It was what could have been for the Scarlets and what arguably should have been, I think that's fair to say, out in Edinburgh. They, I think they should have won that game, really. And coming back from a 26-22 loss was a bit disappointing, I think, for all concerned. Yeah, I think, like Alan said last week, it is always tough to go up to Edinburgh and to beat them. Um, Scarlets have always historically struggled to do that. But, yeah, they should have won. It was just disappointing at times. They made way too many mistakes um, for their standard. And, well, they lost the game because of that then. So, yeah, it was disappointing. And it's got to the point where Lions are meant to be not a a simple team, really, to beat. And it's a bit like, oh, are they going to win? Maybe not. Yeah. Just to that one performance. I think there is a bit of a worry there. Um, I thought Ben Velikot for Edinburgh did have an absolute cracker of a game yeah. at Scrum Half. Yeah, and his debut as well. Um, you know, he took advantage of Scarlett switching off a fair few times, a uh, few issues in and around the ruck, which, you know, were a bit lazy, I think that's fair to say. Uh, Darcy yeah. Graham showing his, his class, really, at points. Um, yeah. Yeah, he took advantage of his opportunities as well and he scored a few tries onto it. So. Yeah. The, you know, there were positives for the Scarlets. I think the back row looked good. So I think, you know, Dan Davis coming in, I think Dan Davis is a cracking young talent. Hopefully he can kick on this season. But Callum Afomini and Blade Thompson, who I've been critical of in the past, but I thought he had a great game. Um, the line-out yeah. was a bit shaky, to say the least. But the front row, I thought, operated reasonably well. Um, and the other highlight has to be that centre partnership and that to uh, try for Johnny McNichol. Yeah, um, like I think Scrum Five is saying, it's like there's a time machine come in and we've gone five years back. But yeah, Foxy and Scott Williams back together. And I think that's just going to grow now. They've had the first game. It's just going to grow. Um, I, I know the team's out and they're again starting. Um in the centre partnership for next week. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them work together again. Um, and, yeah, Johnny McNichol's back. Um, but I'm looking forward to maybe seeing Liam there in the future now. Um, but, yeah, um, McNichol's got to try under his belt anyway. That's interesting. I thought I thought Johnny played all right. He did, he did Johnny things, which is try offloads... <laughs> 
that were never on. And, you know, sometimes you look at it and you think, why are you trying this offload in your own 22 or your your 10 metre line? Fair enough, if you're in there 22, give it a go. You know, that's 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 the aim of the game. But sometimes he just tries too much, I think, similar to t- my complaints about Thomas Williams previously. Um, someone who I'd like to see try a bit more was Dan Jones. Um, I was a bit perplexed why he started. I thought if Scarlet want to develop and play attacking rugby, they have to have an attacking fly half. That has to be one of Patchell or Sam Costello. I would also say Angus O'Brien is a more attacking option than Dan Jones. Sam Costello is starting against the Lions. I think that's pretty much all you need to know is that Dan Jones didn't have the best of games and he's been given the old Shepherd's crook. Yeah, he only started because he has been consistent the last few years, especially when these players like Reese Patchell has either been injured or on international duties. So that's why he started because he's always been consistent and just he usually has a good game. But he just had a poor game. Um, I think it's just one of those. But I think it is time now to maybe use yeah the other players. Sam Costello came on and he did change the game slightly. Yeah. Um, but it was too late by then. Yeah, uh, I think Scarlett had let the game get away from themselves a little bit, and yeah, yeah. Um, they did well, I think, to come back within four, really. Um, but they should have won. Yeah, they should have won. Um, another thing to mention for Scarlett is injuries once again. We're talking about injuries. Once again, we're talking about injuries in the second row. Sam Luis, he has to pull out just before kickoff. Aaron Shingler went off with a nasty-looking injury as well. It looks worrying for the Scarlet in the second rows, but... Um, yeah, it does. You know, we, we, we saw that could happen before the season started. So yeah. are we maybe saying this isn't an issue with, you know, the injuries and being unlucky? It's an issue with recruitment and they haven't recruited enough. Is Lewis Rollins injured as well? I've got a feeling he might be. Well, I assume he is. He, he's he not, must be, yeah. He's not part of the 23 for uh, Friday night's game, so I assume so. Yeah, it's, it is the fact we didn't recruit anyone for the second row. Um, we made some good recruitments during um, pre-season, but that should have been something definitely to look at. And, and I don't know why they didn't sign anyone. They, um, they re-signed Tom Price, didn't they? But, I, you know... Not to not to belittle Tom Price or anything, but he didn't set the world on fire when he was there first time. So, no. <laughs> you know, I, I struggle to see he's the right man. Um, yeah. But at the Scarlet itself, we've always had just good second rows, um, brilliant second rows then, really, like with Tagburn, with Jake Ball. There's always been a dominant figure there and we've got no one. Really, because mm. I think the Chenega Shingler in the second row, he he isn't the second rower. No, but at least he secures line up ball, which was your big issue towards yeah. the end of the game. Um, True, but that it got samey in a way. Yeah, yeah, they could they could almost expect it to be. Yeah. At um, Shingler's hands, and then you know you can set up your driving wall behind it. Um, another injury I wanted to talk about, not to 
not to you know bring things down again is Tom Phillips. I felt heartbroken for the guy. You know they were talking about him on commentary and the fact he'd nearly given the game up before this season because of the amount of injuries he'd had, and then you know his first game back decides to come back and just has a freak injury with with an I think it's a knee injury or something and you know not an injury he's had regularly before, but it's very sad to see a guy who. You know, Captain Wales in his twenties. You know, the Scarlets were extremely excited about him and his future, and he's out for the season now, apparently. So that's that's quite heartbreaking for him. Yeah, yeah, that is heartbreaking. I know he was um, thought highly of the Scarlets, so it's a shame that he's now out. Yeah. Um, let's move to the Blues on a more positive note. Great win for them on Friday night. Uh, considering all that went on. Luce, do you want to give a brief recap for anyone that didn't see, well, the first 20 minutes of the game and how it ended up with Lloyd Williams at fly half? Uh, well, within a minute, um, Reese Priestland had to go off for a HIA um, and he never returned to the field. So their um, replacement fly half then, Jared Evans, came on. Um, so he then had to prepare himself for the, the other 79 minutes of the game. Um, but after 20, 20 minutes then, um, he was it. He got a knee to the ribs in the end, didn't he? Yeah, knee to the sternum. They were worried he had a broken sternum, weren't they? Yeah. Or a fractured sternum. But uh, yeah, he luckily to... doesn't. Yeah, he's out uh, for. But he looked in a lot of pain. He's out for four weeks now, isn't he? So yeah, it it was a strange one because. You know, he's jumped for the ball and he's been taken out in the ball. In my opinion, the Connaught winner isn't going to catch the ball. I know it's a contact in the air. It's a contact sport that things happen. But I just struggle with the consistency. There doesn't seem to be any consistency yeah. in challenges in the air. We've mentioned it before, but I, you know, the, the Jordy Barrett uh, kick to the face when he's trying to catch a high ball. It's given as a red card. Then it's rescinded. I think that's probably right, but then you compare that to Dan Evans a few years ago where he does exactly the same thing and that oh, yeah. wasn't rescinded. So I don't really understand the consistency. Um, but, you know, it was very sad to see him go off. You know, Lloyd Williams then moved to 10, Thomas Williams came on. And, yeah. well, well, the Lloyd Blues Williams had a great game yeah. at 10. Yeah, he did. He really did. But Thomas did change the game. He had a, he had a brilliant game. Um, so... It was down, it, mostly down to him, really, um, how well they continued then after serious injuries to Rhys Priestland and Jared Evans. Yeah, I thought they were brilliant. And Thomas Williams' kicking was a refreshing new thing. I didn't know he could goal kick as well as he could. Um, I know, yeah. I think he kicked all bar one, possibly the last kick. I think he missed that. The last one, yeah. And it was quite a hard kick. And he, he did get a really hard kick in, actually. Yeah, he got it from the touchline, didn't he? From Yeah. I can't remember which try it was. But yeah, I did see that. So uh, Thomas had a, had a brilliant game. And I think had it been any other scrum half with you know Lloyd Williams, someone a bit more inexperienced, they'd have really struggled. But I think having Thomas there, you know, he could marshal the game. I did think Connaught were poor. I must say that. Um, yeah. I'm going to say it this week because I know we've got uh, Kyle coming on next week, a big Connaught fan. Um, but I did think Connaught weren't at their best and Blues took advantage of that. Uh, particularly, their driving more looked strong. I thought the centres were superb. Willis Halahala especially just had a cracking game. Um, deserved yeah. his try. 
I think we've got used to a good Connacht side. The last few years, they've been developing. They've been up there. Um, they've always been maybe the underdogs of the Irish regions, but they've been getting within that that mix. Um, so I think we did just expect a lot more from them. Yeah. Um, especially after Blues had to change the team completely, something they'd never practiced before. Um, it was disappointed that they couldn't actually perform and compete in that game. Yeah, I I didn't think much of Connaught, I must be honest. Um, you know, I think you saw a lot of it with the Jack Carter yellow card. They just got frustrated. You know, that's a stupid yellow to yeah. get away. Um, nice try at the end for Marmion, but, uh, you know, on, on the whole, I didn't think they were at their best. Um, no. From a Blues perspective, nice to see Ellis Jenkins back playing well. I thought he had a very good game. Um, we'll also mention yeah, yeah. the performance for Owen Lane, two great tries. I think we saw Gro or Gareth Rousseau commentate that Owen Lane is the best finisher in the uh, United <laughs> Rugby Championship, which which I did question at the time. I'm, still, I'm not convinced that's completely true. Bit of hyperbole from <laughs> Gareth Rousseau there. But uh, I did think it was a good performance all, all in all from, from, from everyone in the Blues, to be fair. Um, yeah. Uh, we did see Seb get a yellow card, which which I felt was a bit unfortunate for him because it was more of a um, a team. A series yellow. of yeah, a series yeah. of events, and he was in that final event at the end. I am working on getting him on the pod. It's a, it's an ongoing process. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the front row looked a bit vulnerable in the scrums. Finney Beelam is a good scrummager, but they still looked vulnerable. Um, even mm. even before Reese Carey came on. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, all in all, it has to be considered a very good opening day performance from Cardiff. And you know, going forward to next weekend up against the Ospreys, that'll be a a cracking game. Yeah, um, definitely looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah. So we just thought we'd do a quick fifteen from the Welsh regions before we go on to the other games that happen over the weekend. We've gone Josh Lewis at fullback with Owen Lane and Matt Prother on the wings, but I want to mention Steph Evans, who had a good game, maybe should have scored his second try, but yeah. did have a good game. Um, Michael Collins and Halla Holler in the centres were straight in, easy picks. Uh, Gareth Anscombe, we're going to give it fly half for sentimental value and his performance, kicking all his kicks, he's brilliant. But I will mention Sam Davis, who I thought had a superb game. Um, so it's good to see there are tens available in Wales with the worry for that New Zealand test coming. Yeah. Thomas Williams at nine, who I personally felt deserved man of the match for his performance, setting up two tries. Um, we've gone with the front row of Rob Evans, Sam Parry, and Thomas Francis. Sam Parry, Lucy, you mentioned was it was for three things right after each other, weren't they? Yeah, he um, turned over a ball of the line out, then he kicked a brilliant kick downfield. Uh, and then he turned the ball over. Yeah, brilliant. Did that then result in a try as well? He might have, actually. I'm not 100% sure on that one, but yeah, he he was... It was a brilliant little bit of phase play from him, and he was also very solid in the line-out. Um, second rows, Will Rowlands had a superb game, especially in the first half. Maybe went a bit quiet in the second half. Um and I've gone with Matthew Screech from the Blues as his partner. We did also mention Reese Davis in the Ospreys and Seb, who also had a very good game. Um, just, yeah, the yellow card probably just knocking Seb down yeah. down a little bit, unfortunately, there. 
back row, I think there were quite a few good performances here. Um, Josh Turnbull at six was brilliant. Uh, Ellis Jenkins and Jack Morgan both had good games for the Blues and Ospreys respectively at seven and James Ratty and Callum Buffoni at eight. But we've gone with a combination of Ellis Jenkins, Jack Morgan and uh, Josh Turnbull. We're not sure where they're playing, but that, that's the combination we've gone with. Um, and maybe I need to eat a little bit of humble pie because I thought uh, Blade Thompson had a very good game in that game. Um, but let's, let's move on. Let's, let's go to the other games. Zebra at home to the Lions. Well... I predicted a zebra win for this one and, you know, 25 minutes in, I was sort of <laughs> trying to find any way of getting out of it because they, you know, they're 35-0 down at half time, but came back to 26-38. What a cracker. We we thought it would be an absolute dire game to start the United Rugby Championship, but an absolute cracker out in Italy. Yeah, what, what, what did you say? Something like, um, yeah, they're definitely not starting this tournament with a bang. <laughs> I think yeah. it was a good choice. Yeah, I think it was a cracking um, choice. Because I missed the first half, uh, I turned it over and I saw the score, 35 nil. and I thought, what have I missed? <laughs> and we thought Lions would be the weakest South African side. Yeah, they The sh- only side actually won, really. They they showed some good good stuff, you know, they got the ball out wide. There was a lovely try for one of their wingers whose name escapes me, I'm afraid, but a lovely pass over the top from the fly-half. Uh, for the try yeah. in the corner and a nice little try for Carlo Canna later on as well. So some great tries in that game. Um, Ulster Glasgow, yes, yeah. that went as we expected, really high scoring. I think I think the result was more comfortable for Ulster than the scoreline suggests. Yeah, I think it did. Um, we always knew it was going to be a competitive match. Um, but yeah, we, we always knew Ulster were going to win. And I think they're... Um, ben- Subs coming on as well, just finish the game off for them. Yeah, I think Glasgow came back into it, but yeah. you know, I, I always was pretty confident Ulster would win that one on uh, Friday night. Um, on Saturday, we had another couple of games. Obviously, you mentioned South Africans didn't have the best of days, did they? With Stormers, Bulls, and Sharks all losing out in Italy and Ireland, respectively. What What did you make of the South African teams? Um, they're definitely missing their international players. I think every game will just be that bit, not well, maybe closer, but just a bit more exciting. Um, because we're not seeing. It's, I, th- I think it's a good thing that maybe they've got involved, but we're not seeing these brilliant sides that they can produce. Yeah, I think. The worrying thing for the South African sides at the moment is, you know, they've started this rugby championship without their star players. So, you know, yeah. it could easily snowball. You know, one bad result turns into three, turns into four. Um, the other thing I've noted is, I don't know if you've seen this recently, but they are talking about having the home games in Italy for South Africa within yeah. 2021. And it's just horrible news for the South African fans who've, been begging to see international rugby, begging to see South Africa compete on a global st- stage, and that hasn't yet happened. Um, and and it's not it's not as fair as it is yeah. for the other teams. Like it's not a home advantage. No, it's not. You know, you're not talking about going over to Namibia. You're talking about travelling up to Italy. You know, it's a completely yeah. completely alien climate, everything. So I, I, it's not quite fair, I must admit. Um, yeah. 
and everyone else have had like a head start now. Yeah. Yeah, I know we'd be losing our international players soon with the Autumn Internationals and as well as the Scottish, Irish, Italian teams. But they'll be losing theirs again. Well, they won't be there. Yeah, well, don't, don't don't forget the Six Nations. They they'll all have their internationals then, with, when yeah, we true. won't. Which makes the the competition a bit strange. In that you know we're gonna have yeah. very uneven teams a lot of the season. So I, I don't know how it's gonna work. We'll see, and hopefully the proof will be in the pudding. Um, but the other the other games, I thought Munster and Leinster just looked as you'd expect dominant. Some nice tries for Zebo on his return, which was good to see. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, great win for Benetton at home. Um, they'll be very chuffed to see that and to get off to a winning start after, well, a tough start against the Stormers, in fairness, and after their Rainbow Cup win of last year. Uh, yeah, Stormers, like, on paper, are the favourites of the South African nations. Um, so I was actually quite surprised with that result. Um, but, yeah, I think they've come into this tournament thinking, well, they've got nothing to lose, really. Well, they've got the title to lose, but <laughs> um, I just don't think people expected them to, well, start off by winning. No. Um, but yeah, great... I didn't. <laughs> no. Anyway. Great result for them. And uh, hopefully they can continue it in for the next couple of weeks. So, Alec Davis joins us now. Uh, me and him are joint top on predictions after last week, uh, celebrating a little bit with our grand total of seven points from eight games, um, which isn't really that great an achievement. The only the only result you got wrong, obviously, was the Benetton Stormers one. I also got the Zebra Lions result and the Scarlet result incorrect, but I did get a correct margin, which was the only correct margin we had, which was the Stormers and Benetton margin of four points. Um, what do you make of... The start of the United Rugby Championship, Al, have you been excited by it or has it sort of passed you by a little bit? Yeah, well, sadly, I was um, I was away last weekend, so I didn't get to watch any of it, really. Um, so, yeah, you'll have to fill me in on the, the details. Yeah, probably the biggest things have been, uh, we were talking about it earlier, was Scarlett's unfortunate loss out in Edinburgh. Um Osprey's good win at Dragons and Cardiff a comfortable victory over Connaught. Um, the other cracker games were Ulster winning thirty five twenty nine against Glasgow, um, and a big victory for the Lions, the only South African side to win out in Zebra. Yeah, I suppose you guys were right about the South Africans. Um, <laughs> yeah. they did they did quite a bit worse than I expected. Um, yeah, maybe their squads, you know, as you said last week, uh, you know, are not that strong. And um, I think that's a good thing, you know, for the regions especially, because uh, yeah. if the South Africans are super strong, I mean, it'd be a pretty bleak season ahead. Yeah, definitely. I think looking at our predictions for the Bulls game, we had Leinster, you know, Leinster scored 31 to Bulls is three. Our, our predictions were Leinster to score 30 and 35 and 32, respectively. So we were pretty right on Leinster. But Bulls, yeah. 18, 12 and 9 were a little bit higher than the three points they eventually got. Um, yeah. Let's do some predictions for this week then. Um, Aled, I'm going to ask you to go first uh, with the game Connaught at home to the Bulls. Who are you going to go with the win there? Ooh, um, OK, I after last week's result, I'd probably... I'd back Connaught at home, um, although I heard they weren't too 
Um, didn't play too well against the Blues. No, they were quite poor. It's still a decent team, and um, I think it'll be a close one. I'll go Connell 21, uh, Bulls 17. I was worried you were going to... I've written down my predictions here on, on my uh, sheet, and I was worried you were going to go for the same prediction as me. I've gone Connor 21 as well, but I've gone Bulls 13. I think it's going to be a little bit... A little bit of a big, more convincing victory for Connacht. I don't think they can play as badly as they did at at the Blues or the Cardiff Rugby, sorry, we should say. Uh, Luce, who have you gone with? Well, I just think after the disappointment of Connacht's performance last week, they're going to have to come out stronger because we we do see um, a decent side usually. So yeah, I've gone for a Connacht win. I've gone twenty eight to twenty. 28 to 20. 28 to 20, yeah. Both didn't show anything last week and they're away again. So I can't see them winning. No, uh, that's that's our prediction. Uh, We'll have, um, as I mentioned previously, we'll have Kyle on next week. So hopefully he'll be uh, recapping a Connacht victory. Um, Scarlet at home to the Lions. I think Scarlet are going to win this. I've gone with a quite comfortable Scarlet victory. Maybe too comfortable, having looked at it again. Uh, I've gone Scarlet 34 to Lions 10. Um, I don't know where all those tries are coming from. Probably from Foxy <laughs> Breaks and McNichol at the back door um, after me slating his offloads. But hopefully they can grab a few tries. Lucy would be glad to hear that. Uh, after last week, Lucy, you're, you're at heads in our top try scorer predictions with one. A grand total of one for Steph Evans. <laughs> oh, so close to that too, though. <laughs> yeah. Deserves we, a... we should have got another one. Yeah. It's unfortunate not to get our second try. Um, Alan and I with uh, Balakoon and James Lowe, unfortunately, we're yet to get on the score sheet. <laughs> we'll see if they can get on the score sheet this week. Uh, Luce, how many tries do you think Scarlett... Well, how many tries do you think Steph's going to score? And how many points do you think Scarlett's going to put on the Lions? Or do you think it's going to be a bit closer? I think Steph will have a hat trick. No, I'm joking. Um, I think he might get two, actually. I've gone higher than you. I've gone with 38. I feel like... Um, I remember going to the first game of the season a few years back. I think it was against Kings at the time. And they just ended up scoring non-stop. And I think it was like a, a high 40-something um, to, I think, 10 or something. Um, but it was just convincing. I think once they started scoring tries, they didn't stop. Um, so, yeah, I lost where I've gone for such a high score, um, 38 to 17. It, it better be a high-scoring game because I'm actually going to it. First oh. live rugby game since before COVID. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, should be a cracker. Um, you'll have to take your uh, rain jacket, I think, <laughs> judging by the weather <laughs> this week. Um, Aled, who have you gone with um, in that game as well? Um, no, I'm going to have to back the Scarlets, but it will be interesting to see how their uh, pack does against um, a African pack. Um, yeah. As you said, Lucy, I think it might have been the Cheetahs they beat uh, in that game. Um, they did put a few points on them. It may have been the Kings, I'm not sure. Um, but I think Lions are going to be stronger than them, and Scarlets aren't as strong as they were three years ago. So I go. Scarlet's 29 and I'll say Lions uh, 19 Yeah I think the important thing for Scarlet is to keep the ball on the field to play and avoid lineups at all costs um, <laughs> with the you know the, the, the lack of depth at second row with the two price 
boys coming in this week. Um, that's it for Friday games. Only two this week. We go to Saturday where the majority of the games are. And Benetton Edinburgh. This this one, Lucy, is not definitely not the showpiece event of the weekend. But Benetton home again. Do you think they can get two wins at home on the bounce? Um, well, they're both going into this game with a win. Um, I think, yeah, the home advantage for me is just about um, going to give Benetton the advantage there. Um, I think after my last week's predictions where they were quite um, low-scoring games, I've actually gone quite ambitious with basically all of mine this week. <laughs> um, so I've gone with Benetton 30 to um, Edinburgh's 26. The only the only worry I'd have with that, Luce, is the weather has turned this week. So maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe you've chosen oh, the wrong week to change. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be sunny for Lucy's predictions out in Italy. I don't know what the weather report is there. Aled, yeah. you, have you been on the phone to Derek and asking him for his advice on the weather out in Italy? Uh, you'll be surprised to hear I haven't. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um... Yeah, do we know the Edinburgh team? Is Hamish playing? Uh, no, I, I don't think he will be. No, I think they're still out. Um, most of the lines are still out. I did see that Bath have got a couple of them playing, but I think the majority of sides are still keeping them in reserve. Okay, so um, I think yeah, it's going to be close this one. Uh, Benetton are in some decent form, aren't they? You know, obviously Rainbow Cup winners and all that. So you know, good win over the Stormers. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I'm going to give Benetton the edge as well, but I think it's going to be a bit more low, low scoring, so I'll go 15-14 to 14 for Benetton. Ooh, nice and tight game, that one. Um, well, all our games are within five points because I've gone 26-21 also to Benetton. So, um, yeah, nice and tight results hopefully there. Glasgow Sharks, I think this this will be a bit more open and expansive possibly. Possibly more towards Glasgow. Al, what have you gone with on this one? Yeah, I'm back in Glasgow here because they did much better than I expected last week against Ulster. So I'm giving Glasgow a 22 points to 16 win. 22-16. We seem to be agreeing a lot on the losing uh, score or one side of the score because I've gone 29-16. Um, <laughs> so seems to be agreeing a lot on those. Um, Luce, have you gone similarly there? Yeah, I've gone um, twenty-five to twelve to Glasgow. Not expecting a forty points to sixteen win or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> with, no, with, not with... quite. No, but I think Glasgow coming from a loss now, playing home, they they should win. They should win, and uh, we'll 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 see how they go on Saturday. Also on Saturday, Zebra are hosting Ulster. Um, I think Ulster are going to smash this. And I really, I don't know what the scoreline could be. I've gone Zebra 10, Ulster 34. But the way Zebra played in the first half against the Lions, if they play that badly again, it could be a cricket score, I think. That's fair to say. Um, Luce, what's your prediction for this one? Um, I've gone with um, 8 to Zebra and then 28 to Ulster. Oh, a bit tighter than I thought you'd go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> only, only... Can't go too ambitious with all the games. No, <laughs> but you've gone you've gone less ambitious with the one where I think there's going to be the most tries, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think, you know, after, I think, Zebra's comeback, they're not as bad as maybe we think they are. 
Yeah. I think they might do during the course of the season. I think they might surprise a few teams. Perhaps, but I would state yeah. that I suspect Lions had taken their foot off the gas quite a lot in that second half. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. To allow that much of a turnaround. <laughs> so I don't know how much that will be credited to Carla Canna and Zebra. Um, Aled, what's your prediction on this one? Um, yeah, I'm not giving Zebra a chance. Um, <laughs> 12 to 42. 12 to 42, our first... Uh, 40 scoreline prediction I think that is so far um uh, well are we dipping back into the 40s again for Munster against the Stormers Luke is that is that the sort of scoreline you're looking at or are you a bit tighter do you think um I'm a bit tighter still quite um a big advantage to Munster but I've gone 32 to 19 um again Munster at home that it'd be hard to beat Aled similar sk- scoreline for you or um, yeah, I'll go Munster 31, uh, Stormers 18. Well, we have extremely tight predictions there. We we think, because you've both gone with margins of 13, I've gone with a margin of 12, but I've gone 31-19. So there's a <laughs> point between us either way. So there's going to be really tight um, um, on the predictions front. Either we're all very close to being right or right. Or we're all miles out, so <laughs> so we can see see what comes of that. Definitely predict a few tries though in that one. I think that's fair to say. Um, will we be seeing a few tries at the what is now the is it the Swansea dot com stadium? It's now it being is, called. Yeah. I d- I miss the the old days of the Liberty. I must say, as an Ospreys fan. Um, yeah. Aled, what have you got for that Ospreys Cardiff derby match? It's strange that they're playing the, another derby, isn't it? But yeah, I, I do see a point in fairness. It's... Um, strange to say the least yeah yeah but um okay i'm, I'm back in ospreys here definitely um it is going to be reasonably close probably because blues had a, a good win um and they're, de- they're decent team blues but you know is jack morgan playing yeah he had a great game <laughs> last saturday i did say that Sunday, um sorry. ospreys will win by 24 points to 19 how many tries for Jack Morgan? Three. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we've gone with the same margin yet again, Al. We need to somehow avoid giving the same predictions because I've gone 26-21 to Ospreys. Um, I think I think there'll be a few tries in this one. Well, maybe hopeful to looking at the weather. But, you know, I think the Ospreys driving line-up could be crucial in that one. Um we saw Cardiff give away a couple of penalties late on, you know, Seb getting yellow carded as well. Um, so that'll be I think Osprey's pack will just have enough. And we could see a fair few penalties in the scrum, I I feel. Um Luce, what have you gone with on this prediction? Uh I've gone tighter again. Um I've also gone with an Osprey's win. Um so I've gone twenty two to nineteen. So a three point margin. 
22 to 19 three point margin, nice and close for loose. And then we come to our final game on the Sunday, uh, Dragons coming off a decent performance. They're at home again, but this time it's to Leinster. Um, <laughs> I've got to be honest, I don't see anything other than a Leinster win, I'm afraid to say. And I've gone pretty convincing as well. I've gone Dragons 10, Leinster 31. Um, I, I think this is going to be... I don't think it's going to be as bad as it has been. But, you know, Leinster do tend to have this habit of scoring late tries and finally wearing sides down. I think that's what could happen in this one. Luce, have you gone similarly on this? Yeah, I have. I think I've gone for a slightly, um, slightly less margin than yours, but I've gone Dragons 15, Leinster 33. That's yeah, not with. less by much, I must say. 21 to 18 points there. So still a yeah. pretty convincing victory for Leinster. Aled, what have you gone with? Um, I'll give uh, the men of Gwent uh, 17 points and um, Leinster 39. 39. So either they're missing a fair few kicks a goal or Leinster are going to go for posts, which I don't think they ever do, do they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Nah, they're just a juggernaut, aren't they, Leinster? Um, it's not, yeah, it, it's, not, it's not great for the league that they're so strong at the moment, but... Um, yeah, it's no nah, dragons aren't going to beat them. No, I, I don't see that happening either. Um, as to star of the week, I was just wondering if you want to make a prediction as to who you think will particularly star for any of those teams, whether it be tries. Who 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 would you predict for for the Welsh regions? Did you ask? Yeah, we know who Alex is. So Jack Morgan is uh, your star of the week. You think is that your prediction? Um. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think Morgan's gonna have a, a good few weeks, and I think he will be named in the Wales squad. Jack Morgan for Aled. Luce, who do you think is going to be the star of the week? I think Hala Hala's going to have another great game. Actually, I think he's just gonna um, just go for that twelve jersey for Wales. I think mm. if he keeps performing like he did last week, he's got it in the bag really. Yeah, I I think he could have a great week. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with Johnny Williams and when he's back, but there's a good chance he could get that 12 jersey, definitely. I've gone with the Scarlets because I think they're going to win quite comfortably. Um, so I've actually gone with um, a bit of a biased prediction, but I've gone with John Fox Davis. There were signs of him coming back to his best with that fend on uh, the weekend, and hopefully we can see that fend operating a few more times um, to good effect. Uh, that ends our predictions um, and thanks very much for Alan for popping in thanks Lucy for the podcast um, we will be doing a podcast on Tuesday which will be coming out which is Osprey's all time 15 um, that was quite a tough one to record I don't know how, how you both found it uh, lots of debate points and I, I was particularly disappointed with our back row choices in the end Aled what did you make of it? Yeah I found myself um, choosing a lot of players from the, the golden era um, and then yeah not not many from the last few years which isn't surprising really but I, I didn't find it too bad not too bad Luce which positions were the hardest for you to choose from in that Osprey side I think overall it slotted itself into place mostly yeah I think you had yeah you had a few positions maybe um, maybe the fly half spot back row options as well 
And the centres, wasn't it? Well, I think centres was a byproduct of fly halves, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was a bit of a difficulty there. Um, but, yeah, next week we will have Kyle on the podcast uh, to do a recap of some of the Connaught performances. Um, and hopefully to do... We will record a Connaught 15 at some point. Uh, I don't know when that's coming out, but probably in a, in a few weeks' time. Um But yeah, thanks very much for listening and uh, keep an eye out for the next pod on Tuesday. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. So long.